This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. What's up, San Diego? Welcome into Gwen and Chris, Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby with you for four hours today. Not a whole lot to talk about, I'll be quite frank with you. Um, we're going to make do somehow, some way. Jesse Agler will join us in the 2 o'clock hour. Daily Gambit. A fantabulous sports game show, which I'm told will be quite entertaining today. Um, it'll be an interesting subject. Interesting I, I think subject. the category is interesting today. Scraby asked if it's sports related. It most definitely is, but it is not sports in the way you would think of it. Fair enough. So we'll Chris, see how you guys handle that contest one. trivia. <laughs> Name all of the hot dog contest <laughs> winners for the last 12 years. In I think order. it's Joey Chestnut. I think that's it. Kobayashi might be in there. Kobayashi he, might have scattered in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Chris versus the fans at four. We'll have a big five. Uh, the free agency board got a little bit lighter this morning. Justin Turner, uh, the, one of the DHs of Did he go? He did. Toronto. I wasn't notified. Yes, Blue Jays. Is uh, his final destination? Right. Come on, somebody, somebody, send AJ an alarm clock over here. Either that or a big wad of money, because I, it's got to be killing him to sit by and watch player after player go off the board. Yeah, because AJ loves to be active. It, it it just you know furthermore tells me that he doesn't have the the green light to be active. Yeah, uh, I mean Justin Turner would have been a great fit here. I think I agree. I mean, so. right-handed bat, of course. Uh, Padres have plenty of those. Yes, but, that part. But, but. He, he he's still shown to be very productive, even in his uh, older age here, as yeah. uh, he gets to the backside. One year, $13 million. Yeah, see, that's why we, we weren't going to get him. There's your answer. There's your answer, yeah. yeah. $13 million bucks. That's it. We're not getting that this time around. Yeah, and so, so. Uh, as I said, the, the free agent list gets a little bit slimmer. On the list remaining, you still got Montgomery and starting pitchers. Montgomery, Snell, Clevenger, Ryu, Lorenzen. Uh, right, or excuse me, relief pitchers, Peralta, Maton, Stanek, Han, Junis, Hendricks. In the infield, you still got Matt Chapman. You got Urshela. You got Whitmerryfield, uh, Ahmed Rosario. Uh, Tim Anderson, Brandon Belt, outfield Bellinger, and Solaire seem to be the two biggest pieces left out. Yeah. And then uh, you got Martinez, 
and obviously Turner comes off the board today. I would uh, predict if I were a betting man, and I'm not a very good betting man as we see every day during the Daily Gambit, but if I were a betting man, I would predict that the Padres will get none of these people. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I mean, I, yeah, I just don't. I think they're all going to go for you know at least $10 million. I was about to say, 13 is probably right? the low low. Yeah, last night I don't see the... anybody there that's a, that's a bargain basement player. Last night on the Scrappy Show, uh, a couple names came up in the free agent market, and Brandon Belt was one that was brought up. And I looked at his stats. He had a much better year than he, I thought he did last year. And he, his price tag, I think, is around $5 million. He was in Toronto, I believe, Yes, right? he was. So, How do you I, know his price tag well, is around $5 it's million? It's like a market prediction. Is it hanging around his neck? <laughs> yes. It's like a market prediction of what they think he's going to get. Uh-huh. And so $5 million is the number. I, I is this the predicted, predicted number? Yeah, I say go do that right this second. Left-handed bat. Certainly no, so, could another, play first base. Yeah. Could DH. And uh, Jorge Soler came up last night, but he's going to be a little bit more I think expensive. he's going to be up in the 13-plus uh, yeah. million as well. I would think. Oh, actually, Brandon Belts, they're saying he's going to make $2.5 million. No, I don't I, see that. I don't see that either, but 5 yeah. mil? I can see 5 mil. I can't see 5 mil either. I mean, these guys more. are getting $10 million. Brandon Belts still a legit major league hitter. Why would he be half the, the price of everybody else? I'm not sure, but that's what they're saying, and he hasn't been signed by any other teams. Last year he made 9.3 with the Blue Jays. And Five might be the might be an accurate number. The 2023 regular season. What was for his Brandon year like? Belt. Do you have his year yes. in front of you? 254 average, 19 homers, 43 RBIs, 339 at bats, OPS 859. I think the Padres would like to have that on their team. But the, the whole thing <laughs> do, is, do you? <laughs> but the whole thing is, is that he doesn't. He gets injured, so he can't. Who play. doesn't get injured? I I don't but think you can not sign somebody who. Nah, I, I I've never agreed with that. I mean, all of a sudden, the guy will have a healthy season. Just when you think he's always going to get hurt, he played 103 games last year. How many? 103. Well, it's, that's, that's 59 games th- out. Is that a lot? He would not be eligible for the NBA's MVP <laughs> award. <laughs> no. I guess you can say no, that. No, he would not. He yeah, would have missed, missed too many, many games. games. Right. Uh, on a little bit lighter note, Scraby brought this up yesterday. Uh, the cover of MLB The Show, right? We were talking about some of the candidates for it. It ends up being Vladimir Guerrero Jr., so... He will be the uh, the cover for that video game this year. Uh, Aztecs, big game tonight. I'd say Colorado State <laughs> at Colorado State. This is a it's a tough one. This is a tough one. Yeah, Moby Arena, very difficult place to play. They filmed the uh, the great basketball movie One on One with Robbie Benson. Did you guys ever see this movie? I mean, this probably before your time. I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, Robbie Benson was this, a... They filmed it at Colorado State? At Moby Arena, yeah. Uh, that was the gym that they used for the uh, the basketball scenes. And he was a superstar, young freshman kid. And it was basically, without saying it, that he got recruited by Wooden at UCLA. It wasn't Wooden, but it was another coach. Right. And he was given a really rough ride. As a freshman, thought he would have everything just handed to him as a, a big-time recruit. 
So he ended up on the end of the bench for the entire year until, of course, the final game when a couple of guys got hurt and he came in and saved the day and turned it all around. And then the John Wooden character says, you know, you are here to stay. And he said, no, I'm not. And he didn't say it in such terms. It was very funny. <laughs> he uh, he basically said, the way you treated me, I'm out of here. Anyway, it was a pretty good basketball go, movie. Can I leave so I can go watch this movie? One-on-one. <laughs> because on one. <laughs> I am pumped about this movie You would right like now. it. <laughs> I wouldn't have brought it up otherwise. It was really good basketball scenes, good, good story, good acting. Robbie Benson, yeah, come on. I rented Can't your adjustment them. bureau, by the way. I haven't been able to watch yeah, it, yet, it but yet. I will. I paid the three ninety nine. As Chris always brings up for ESPN Plus, I wow. actually, <laughs> I'd actually rent a movie. I'm like, going to give you the. Crazy. I'm going to give you the four dollars. I feel bad that you had to pay. No, for I don't that. want your four dollars because it, it looks it, like a good movie. It's a good cool movie. It. It's a good movie. That is uh, a good movie, Scraby. But then again. Scraby doesn't like good movies. I the only like movies he movies. likes are terrible movies that he says are great. I think he just likes movies is what it boils down to. Because everything, as you said, is great. He doesn't have i I've never heard him come in here and be like, this movie sucked. Well, right? I couldn't there's only it. one movie I will outwardly say is a terrible movie, and it's called The Lobster. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Well, and go see Poor Things, no, same I director, won't. and no. then you'll have another one alongside <laughs> no. The Lobster. No, Chris <laughs> reminded me on the way out the door on Friday when I said, oh, I might go see Poor Things over the week, and he was like, remember how much you hated The Lobster before you go and see yeah, it. Same that. guy. He did say that. Same guy. So, uh, yeah, that's a warning to anybody out there. Okay, Aztecs in action, 6 p.m. here tonight, 7 Mountain Time. How about uh, Jaden Ledee? Uh, 998 points, uh, career points. So he needs two to get to 1,000. Well, he better get there tonight. (laughs) I think think he's got a shot. They're not winning this game if he doesn't get to the 1,000-point mark tonight. They, you know, look, they played some really – Good games on the road, and they've come up short. Yep. I mean, the Boise State game, they lose by one. You know, they need one. I, I, I did see somebody say, well, they need to, you know, figure out a way to win. It did win at Gonzaga, so it's not like they can't do it. But if you're going to win this conference, the regular season, you're going to have to steal a couple on the road. And hopefully you can steal this one. Colorado State has lost four of its last five. Yeah, they, So it, they're struggling a little bit. You just hope that they continue to struggle. They've lost four out of six. I they, want to get it right. They four haven't been able to win one of these tough ones in conference play yet on Not the yet. road. And Not so yet. this presents a good opportunity. you got a team that uh, you would say is – not playing at their best right now, as you mentioned, was you lost last four of the last five? Four right? out of six, Four actually, out of the last yeah. six. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, this is a good opportunity for the Aztecs to go on the road, a tough place, as we mentioned, and, and try to get a victory. At, at this point, you kind of need a victory against a team that I think is um, is is rated highly in terms of how, how they're viewed nationally. Yeah. Well, you got Utah State coming in on Saturday. They're the top-ranked team in the conference. They're coming here Saturday. And then you go on the road for two games next week, Air Force and Nevada. Then after that, you get Colorado State, New Mexico, and Utah State in order. Right. I mean, this schedule is here difficult. Come, here comes the gauntlet. Right yeah, here. it is difficult. So... Any win that you can get on the road is going to be, you know, an impressive one. And tonight would definitely be one of those. So. All right. Did you uh, happen to see the rest of the Laker game? 
last night. I didn't watch the end of it because by the time we left, they were down 16. Yeah. And uh, just so as I, I go said back when to I it. left here. Like, yeah. They right. never win when I turn the game on. Yeah. Here. They don't win when you're here, which means they're going to get beat tonight in Atlanta because you're going to be here. Not um, turning the game on tonight. Don't turn the game on. No, that's a good, that's good idea. It. Good strategy. But are you going to talk about Dylan the villain? I mean, he acted I, just it, a fool again last I, night. I, I'm trying, you know. Do How I, much longer is the NBA going to allow this to happen? I know that, yeah, you don't want to say anything because you're a Laker guy. You don't want to sound like you're whining and crying over spilt milk. You're not. You're you're making a complaint that is that is legitimate. This is a guy, you know, that, that plays dirty basketball and is trying to injure players out there. I, I would almost put him in a lower category than Draymond Green. Draymond Green, he just snaps. I mean, I don't think he. I don't think Draymond Green goes out there trying to injure guys. He just snaps and he does it. crazy stuff. Dylan Brooks, who's now with Houston, to me is honestly out there on a mission to try and hurt guys. And look, those if you're going up for a layup and you're airborne, flying in for a dunk, and some guy shoves you in the back. Yeah, you can bad. wind up in traction, for heaven's sakes, or worse. And that wasn't even called a flagrant foul. Vanderbilt, who was the recipient of that shove, ended up getting ejected from the game because he tried to instigate Brooks into a fight. Yeah, he did. I don't blame him. He did the, I mean, I the don't good blame old him. Finger poke to the side of the head. You know, I mean, I don't. I'm not always an Anthony Davis guy, but I agreed with him 100. percent He said we're behind. You know, Vanderbilt in, on this. You got to. I mean, if the league's not going to protect you, then you've got to protect you. Yeah. And I, then I, LeBron gets hit in the face. I mean, that just seems like business as usual for Dylan Brooks, right? And, you know, that's. I think that's why I'm reluctant to say something because you know, ultimately they got the victory. So he, yes, he got I a, know. he got a guy ejected. So it, he, right, he, he was a, he was winning all of the mental head games at yeah. least last night. Well, eventually somebody's got to come in and say you might win the mental head game, but uh, you're going to be lighter in the wallet by quite a bit. And we're going to, you know, continue to extend the fines. This is this the is more where, it happens, we're going to start sitting out games. This is where it's a it, it's a new NBA, and right, and that's what you have to now depend on is that the NBA has to do it. But I don't know that he did anything that they would deem egregious enough to, yeah, to well, touch his wallet. I'll water. tell you one thing: tell Adam Silver to run in for a layup, and I'll shove him <laughs> in the back while he's not, you know, ready for it. And he'll start realizing how dangerous of a play that is. I don't know that the Lakers have anybody on their team like that, but this would be a, an easy situation where you, you got some an enforcer, if you will. Because Dylan Brooks, was, he put up like 15, 16 points last night. So I know. He's a decent player, you, you could, too. You and, could, and I wish he would just be a player <laughs> instead of he the rest ha, of it. He has, he has fallen into the Dylan the villain role, and it may serve his his purpose at the end of the day, which is to try to be an, an, an annoyance, and it yesterday it worked, unfortunately. Well, I, I to me, this is beyond the scope of competition. This is this has got to uh, this is a situation where the league has to has to look at some film and say, hey, look, this guy's running around trying to injure people. We've got to try to curtail this. I mean, again, Rodman was crazy on the floor. And, you know, if you were sitting in the front row, you were in danger with Rodman because he right. might not like the popcorn you're eating. And, no, but, might not the way you're chewing on it. You know, Ron Artest, you know, ended up going up in the stands. But, again, that was a provoked situation. 
you know, Dylan Brooks to me is a premeditated guy that's out there looking to hurt people and thinking that by doing that, that that's, you know, an intimidation thing. That's not intimidation. That's 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 you're not tough if you're shoving people in the back. Yeah. When they're going up for a layup, that doesn't make you tough. It was definitely a, a blatant shove in the right. back. Right. That sure. doesn't make you a tough guy. That makes you a a dangerous guy. The league uh, anyway. All right, enough yeah, the, on that soapbox, <laughs> I guess. You you have more up in arms than I am about I know it. because my team wasn't playing. If my team wasn't playing, you'd be up in arms, and yeah. I wouldn't be saying as much. All right, uh, let's step away. Let's get to break. Obviously, the Detroit coaching staff is a hot commodity, and by Detroit, I mean the Detroit Lions staff is a hot commodity. So hot that on a flight there to talk to one of them, one of them changed their mind about the whole situation. Oh. Yeah, we'll get into it when we return. We're going to Chris. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Priscilla, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby, Gwynn and Chris, 97.3 The Fan. I got to tear Scraby away from his screening of the movie one-on-one. He was watching it during the break. He couldn't wait. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't do a good job of explaining the uh, storyline. I, I just can tell you it's a pretty good basketball movie. And it was filmed at Colorado State, and that's where the Aztecs will be tonight. Taking on the Rams in a matchup of unranked teams. Uh, teams that are both good enough to be ranked and both should be in the NCAA tournament. be nice to come out of there with a victory tonight if you are SDSU. Uh, Scrappy, you'll be, I think you'll be pleased to hear my score today. You won't be pleased with my decision to play only 14 holes of golf. Oh, golf. Okay. I can't. I, I know I only had four holes to go, but I was like, no, nah, it's enough. Eighteen's too many. Is wait what? You you just cut the sorry what? With four I walked holes back to, go? to the clubhouse with four holes to go. The reason I walked back to the clubhouse, there's got to be a good reason. You uh, ran out eight, of golf balls. Eight bo- I almost did. <laughs> eight bogeys and six double bogeys. <laughs> so really not a single par today. And six triple bogeys. <laughs> no, no, that was the true score. That wow. was a true score. It was. So a you bad just quit. Day. 
Uh, yeah, I, I didn't feel like I was going to ever get it done today. Wow. Everything so- kept rolling out. I missing the green. It just I was having a bad day. My sciatic was acting up. And the more I missed shots, the more it acted up. I'm sorry. Every time someone uses the sciatic, I will laugh. It's not just you. Doesn't it I, sound like you're 130 years old with your sciatic, oh, sciatic. When I was yeah. a drinker, I had a sciatic issue for for a little bit. And yeah. it's painful. Oh, it's it great. doesn't feel too good. So but... are you as surprised as I am that... Chris quit? Chris quit? Yes, because well, he attacks me I, I on just, the show all the time. I did not see that coming. Yeah. Well, I, I, I felt like I had a lot of different reasons to quit today. And so the I sciatic. Did. The sciatic. <laughs> it was one of those ones where I think if I was making some shots, the sciatic wouldn't have hurt as much as it did. Fair enough. But the fact is the ball just did not behave today. Where were you playing? Uh, Balboa. Balboa. There's a, it's a nine-hole course, but we went around twice. And on the did second one. Did they know one, that? <laughs> Yes, we paid. Oh, okay. We are legit guys. <laughs> Did they know about yes, it? Yes, we are legit. We paid. What, uh, where was both. your uh, Where was your game at today? Were you Were you Were you hooking? I no. Or I were you doing like a little bit of everything? Was, no, my game was good. My my uh, off the tee, I was really good. The second shot that you need to get close for a par putt, I couldn't get that shot close today, and I was chipping, and my touch was just not there. So Balboa nine. I missed all the putts. You've seen it. I do love it. it. You played it. I I played it so many times. It's a good course. You can get around in like two and a half hours or so. They have a couple of long holes too. It's not just all short holes. The only the only good putt I made today was a uh, up and down from the trees that uh, saved me a double bogey. Mudcat Grant just sent me a shot of Ted Knight in Caddyshack (laughs) trying to figure out how to hit a golf ball. (laughs) Thank you, Mudcat. (laughs) And I never slice. Anyway, it was that kind of day on the the course. So here I am, none the worse for the wear. But, uh, yeah, and it's funny, too. The sciatic's really not hurting anymore. It, was it, it just, went away. Just killing me when I was out on the course today. So, uh, the Detroit Lions lost the NFC Championship game the other day. And as a result, everybody wants their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, to be their head coach. Problem is, by the time the Lions were out of the playoffs, only two teams were left with coaching openings Washington and Seattle. And I guess Ben Johnson, as those teams were en route to interview him, decided against it. Yeah. Says, I, I'm going to stay with the Lions. The, the Seahawks, uh, the commanders in particular, were on yeah. their way. Now, in all fairness, they were also coming to interview uh, Aaron, I mean, Aaron Glenn, Glenn, the defensive, the, the defensive coordinator. So they were right. coming regardless. But yeah. mid-flight, they find out that... Ben Johnson's not even going to take the interview. He he is just going to plain stay yeah. with the uh, Detroit Lions yeah. and continue as their offensive coordinator. Called a pretty good game, I would say, on Sunday. Yeah. I don't think you can put any of the blame at his feet. I did see uh, one of the national talk shows this morning said that uh, Dan Campbell, his coaching job was so bad that it was, like, irresponsibly bad. And... You know, I was thinking about these two games. Dan Campbell certainly had the more high-profile decisions that you could either agree with or not agree with. But I think of the two games, 
the worst coaching job John was Harbaugh. done by Baltimore. Yeah. Their game plan was awful, and we all know it was awful because they didn't run the football and do what they're successful doing. They were the only team of the four that did not play to their identity no, at all. Not at all. So, I mean, I, I think it's interesting that everybody's picking on, you know, the high-profile stuff of Dan Campbell. And, you know, as we said yesterday, I would have kicked the field goal, the first one. I, I thought it was interesting that the thing but, that he felt uh, a, what he wanted a redo on was not actually the timeouts, but the run – Going instead of calling, the, that's right. instead of throwing the ball there at the very end at of the, the game. Very end, he, he said that's one that he, he messed definitely up. He had admitted. messed up. Yeah, yes. Sure. Everybody said he messed that up, but 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 to say that Dan Campbell and you know an extension of him, Ben Johnson, came in with the wrong game plan would not be accurate. No. The Lions' game plan was outstanding, and uh, you know the Ravens was the one that was was. To me, it was perplexing. Let a lot to be desired, yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, just they didn't do what they do. And the Chiefs got a, you know some of the credit for taking some things away, but I don't know that the Chiefs took the run away. The Ravens no. took the run away. The, the Ravens have all season long been been one of those teams that even when you're stopping the run, they're still running it. Yeah, and eventually they course. they wore you down. They didn't even give themselves a chance to do that on Sunday. I agree. So I, I think John Harbaugh is the one that mismanaged. And, it, you know, it's interesting because guys like John Harbaugh are so well thought of that they're almost beyond criticism, whereas Dan Campbell is still a younger show-me type of coach. He yeah, hasn't won a yeah. Super Bowl yet. So it's easier, it seems that, like, to pile on pass. him. But I think John Harbaugh is the one who really messed it up. In this in this case, I think it's hard to argue. So, speaking of Harbaugh, uh, Jim Harbaugh looks like he's going to take John Harbaugh's director of player personnel away. Yeah, I saw. Be the new GM of the Chargers. That is not a done deal yet, but a lot of people are thinking uh, that will happen. What I mean, do you, well, I didn't ask your opinion, Tony. Do you think Jim Harbaugh is going? To, I mean, he's done it everywhere else. This is his probably greatest challenge. Do you think he's going to be successful with the Bolts? I, it's hard to say that he won't, honestly. Based I know. On, I mean, just look at his track record literally everywhere. Not yes. not a few stops. Everywhere he's gone, when he's left it, the team has been in far better shape. They've been at the top. They've been at the top. Pretty much. So I, it, even though it's the Chargers and we know what we know. <laughs> we know what we know. It's hard to say <laughs> that Jim isn't going to come in and, and be the difference maker. Yeah. It you really would almost is. hope that his time here at USD would have given him a little glimpse into knowing what we know so that he at least is prepared going in. They have uh, banners out there. Like the Chargers have bought web banner space, and all the thing says is Harbaugh, get your ticket or get your season tickets now. And I'm like, you don't even say what the season tickets are for. Nah, just, They're just, thinking that the name Harbaugh is enough to bring people to the stadium. Yeah. Well, it, it may well, be. It, it, it's going to bring hope. I can guarantee hope, you that. Yeah. <laughs> I can it may bring some people that. to the stadium. Victories will keep them at the stadium. Yeah, that's, so, that's absolutely And the Chargers true. do have a lot of issues, from what I'm told, because I don't follow it that closely, but salary cap issues, et cetera. Yeah. So. Um, Arthur Smith, former... I was Falcon. surprised to see this. I, I was too. I was too. I can't, and maybe it's because 
I was watching his Falcons team play and an offense that left a lot to be desired. Quite a bit to be, yeah. But maybe as a coordinator, he's, he's different. But I was surprised to see this move for, for the Steelers, who by all accounts, from everybody who talks about it, are smarter than this. Right. Lacked <laughs> offense. And they bring in a guy that seemed to not bring much to the table when it came to offense as a head coach. Yeah. Uh, Arthur Rooney, uh, one of the uh, Steelers vice presidents or owners, said, uh, I think Mike, as in Tomlin, identified that we wanted somebody with some experience and somebody that has, well, let's just say a track record that we can look at. Because I don't know what Arthur Smith's great track record is. I know he was in Tennessee before he got the job in Atlanta, but the Titans never won with offense. They won with defense and, you know, bulldoze running by Derrick Henry. I, I I don't know. This is an interesting hire by the Steelers. Yeah, but I agree. That's their guy. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, Jesse Agler. It's been a while since he's been on the program. Voice of Padre Baseball, along with uh, Tony Gwynn Jr., we will visit with him and uh, get some of his thoughts on what the Padres uh, have not done and what they might be doing between now and spring training. That comes up next on Gwen and Chris. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a Realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. According to MLB trade rumors, Padres among teams interested in Michael Lorenzen. Sammy Levitt, the great Sammy Levitt, tweets, Lorenzen is an interesting option for the Padres as he's built up to 153 innings last season. Last season was one of the first, I think he was predominantly a starter. Um, 3.32 Excuse me, 3.23 ERA, 217 opponent batting average in 20 starts through his no-hitter with the Phillies. He struggled after no, the no-hitter with an 8.01 ERA and 30-plus innings to finish the regular season. So uh, all was good until he got to that um, the no-hitter. That no-hitter. The and no-hitter then, was the turning point for yeah, him. He's, yeah. uh, he's 40 and 38 in his career with a 4.11. That's what I look at more than what he did last year. Yeah. And he, I, so it's been you know, hit and miss. Yeah, no, he just, he's uh, he's on the Padres' um, radar. But he probably apparently. would be more affordable. Yes, certainly not in that 13 mil range that we've seen everybody Correct. get. All right, let's go, to, let's go to our phone lines. My guy, Jesse Agler, on the line. Jesse, how are you, my friend? 
Oh, I'm doing good. Nice to hear your voice. How are you guys? We're doing hey, well. Countdown uh, is getting is closer and closer. We'll be headed out to spring training here shortly. When you, you look at this Padre uh, ball club, it seems like there's still some things that, that need to get done, but still also a pretty talented roster, even without those pieces uh, that still need to be, maybe need to be addressed. For sure. Like, you know, there's kind of two ways of looking at it or two parts of the conversation maybe is like the best way to talk about it. One is, as you said, there are holes, you know, there are spots that need to be filled. And, you know, I understand that two weeks before pitchers and catchers report, everybody would love to have them filled and everybody would be, you know, more comfortable if they were filled. Um, but I, I don't think that that's that big of a deal, especially when you consider the number of guys who are out there. Right. This is a reflection of the market, right? Like this isn't a reflection of the Padres or, you know, what they're trying to do or not trying to do. It's just sort of the way free agency has gone this year. And I'm sure you guys have talked about it. Free agency every year is sort of like its own unique beast. You know, what happened last year in free agency is not relevant to this year when it you know, comes to who is signed when and for how much and all that. So it's kind of a, uh, Wait and see mode, I think, you know, for a lot of guys. But the other thing you said is right. And, you know, I was at an event last night at dinner and I was talking to people about this. And I was like, you know, like you got Manny, you got Fernando, you got Xander year two feeling more comfortable. Like you have Hassan Kim, you have hopefully a bounce back from Jake Cronenworth. Like these are really good players. Like these are elite. Like I'll tell you right now, don't be shocked if Fernando is an MVP finalist or winner this season, right? Like, I mean, that's that's my true legitimate expectation of what, Tatis is going to do in 2024 after, you know, finally getting some games under his belt last year after missing time. And then, you know, you throw in those other guys who are capable of that same kind of season. So, um, look, there's a lot of talent here. Are there a lot of questions to be answered? Absolutely. And, yes, pitchers and catchers report in two weeks. Uh, but the first regular season game isn't for, you know, two months, really, at this point, or, or a month and a half. So, you know, that's that's really the, the true deadline, I think, for all that kind of stuff. What do you think about uh, the Padres and uh, their finances this year, Jesse? Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like they're going to make the bigger splash. And I think that's uh, that's okay. I mean, the Dodgers did this last year, and it worked out fine and, and got themselves back on the right side of the luxury tax. I mean, we have people saying things like, I can't believe it's going to be a rebuilding season, and the Padres are punting on this year. And I, I just think we got to keep reminding that that's just not the case. It, it, you know, you don't have to to get a fifty million dollar free agent to announce that you're trying to be competitive. No, I, I like your Dodger comparison to last year. You know, and they they were doing it with intent. You know, they were ready for Otani and, and everything else that we've not seen them do. You know, they were preparing themselves for that. Um, and and the Padres. You know, it's not a one-to-one comparison. I don't think it's exactly the same situation, but the, the result is essentially the same, right? Like, yeah, okay, we're not in on the big dudes right now. That's not going to be, you know, the way that we handle things uh, this year. We believe in the talent we have. We're very curious about some of our young guys. It's a little bit of a, a reset, as you said, in, in regards to the CBT. It, it, it's not a punt at all. I mean, look, the other reality is here, and something to keep in mind is, you know, one of these years, there's going to be an 80-win team that gets in. Like, you know, Tony and I talked about yeah. that a lot last season. And, you know, I don't know that it's going to be this year. And I'm certainly not saying I think the Padres are an 80-win team. I actually think they're going to end up winning more games than they did last year. But, you know, last year, what did it take? 84 to get in in the National League. And that team won the pennant, the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, you know, like, you, you don't it, – It's we're still all, I think, learning and kind of recalibrating our brains to the reality of this version of the postseason. And, and you know, the, the regular season – 
it's true. It's not what it once was. It's not as valuable. It's not important as it once was. Um, now the Padres didn't have a good enough regular season last year, um, but all those one run games and all the extra yeah. inning stuff and like that kind of nonsense that didn't go their way. You know, there, there's, there's no reason to think that that continues this year. That's just not how that works. So even if you won half of those games that you lost a season ago, you'd still have a bad record in one run games and you would have been in the postseason. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, you know, make last year sound better than it was because it wasn't good. Um, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm much more bullish than, you know, the kind of thing that you're describing for 2024 and the fact that they haven't gone out there and, you know, dumped a pile of money on somebody's driveway and free agency doesn't change anything. for <laughs> right. Jesse Hackler joins us here on Gwyn and Chris. And Jesse, you know, you, 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 the Padres make a managerial change. Mike Schilt really uh, is the man at the helm right now. Um, he, he's been asked about these three closers that he has <laughs> in the back of this bullpen. However, it ends up, you know, lining up. It's never really a bad thing to have those type of arms. Now, the the the, the one question mark is, you know, how will the arms that haven't pitched in the big leagues fare? Right. You know, because I think. For those who may have some concern after watching Hassan, Kim, Hassan Kim's, you know, progression to get it took him two years to kind of get acquainted. How do you think the pitching will translate versus what we've seen out of the hitters? I mean, my gut says it would be an easier transition for a pitcher than a hitter. Yeah. And I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd prefer your perspective on this than mine. But you know, I mean, it's just as, as you and I talk about a lot on the broadcast, the pitcher controls everything, right? The hitter is a reactor. You know, the pitcher is the dictator. And and so it would just seem to me from like a level of common sense that the adjustment is easier for a pitcher than it is for a hitter and that it shouldn't necessarily take two years for a guy uh, if he's got the talent and the ability. That's the main question. Right. You know, it's like, does does he have the stuff? And the cool thing is, in the modern game, we as fans and certainly front offices have access to so much more information on these guys than even like seven, ten years ago. Um, it's not just, oh, he was, you know, 29 out of 32 for saves in the last two years, and he's got a 382 career ERA in the KBO or an NPB. Like, that's that's not just all you have to look at. I mean, they're they're using real analytical information on these guys. They're tracking pitches. They see the velocity. They can, like, you know, see all the things about them that they can see about their own, you know, young guys in the minor leagues. And so they can make, I think, much more informed choices when it comes to international talent, particularly in those two leagues. Um, than they've ever been able to make. So I think it's like less of a an unknown as it once was. Now that said, it is a new thing. It, it, there is an element of unknown. I just I don't think it's as extreme as it used to be. It is a new culture. It is new food. It is new travel. It is the pressure of the contract. All that stuff. I don't I don't want to dismiss it um, because you know I, I always want to consider the human elements of these things. And and you know the, the these two guys they're human beings. They're going to put pressure on themselves. It's going to be a challenge at times. Um, but I, I just think it's it's not necessarily always from the KBO or always from NPB. It's just that, all right, like, what's how's this stuff going to play? And, you know, as far as who the closer is um, on October or whatever, hopefully in a postseason series, I don't know that we'll necessarily know that, you know, by the end of spring training. I, right. I'd be surprised, in fact, if it became that obvious by the end of spring training. And, you know, Mike and Ruben are going to have the opportunity to sort of mix and match, try some different stuff out earlier in the year, I would guess. Um, and and kind of take it from there. I don't I don't I don't feel personally any kind of rush to declare a closer for this team this year. 
Jesse Agler, who heads a uh, Padre radio broadcast that received uh, well over an 80% approval rating in a uh, fan survey done by The Athletic. I don't know if you saw the results, Jesse, but it was all good. I think, I think it was. I heard it was 91%. 91, yes, over 90. That's right. Still working on those other 9%, but uh, we'll see nah. if we can't bring them into the fold this year. What do you? I, it's hard to answer this one because we don't know what the whole thing, but it, let's just say this is what the ball club is. What do you think the infield's going to look like? I, I mean, are we going to? Is Bogarts going to end up at shortstop once Manny comes back, play third base? Are they going to really try to move Hasong there? Are they going to try to move Bogey and Cronenworth everybody around? What's your gut tell you that the infield will look like? You know, come May or something like that. Yeah, I don't have a gut feeling on it because I think we just don't have enough information to yeah. make that call right now. Like, you know, what? because the reality is perhaps what happens in the outfield could impact what happens on the infield. Yeah. You know, I mean, is, is, you know, one of these young guys going to come up and have the kind of spring that, that sort of says, all right, I'm, I'm here, I'm good enough, I can be a part of this now. You know, is he going to be an infielder or an outfielder? Is he going to be an infielder turned outfielder? Um, you know, when does Manny come back? And you're right, in May, I think we should all expect at this point Manny to be back at the hot corner defensively. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't really have a sense of, of how it's going to go. That's got to be one of the first questions that Mike Schilt gets asked, you know, in Peoria when he gets there in a couple of weeks, though, you know, from reporters is, hey, hey who's, uh, who's your shortstop? Who's your second baseman? Who's your first baseman? Um, and, and I'm sure he'll have a, a KG answer. He's a professional, um, in, unless he really does want to go out there and declare it. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely one of those storylines that we'll be tracking endlessly throughout the spring. And, um, you know, while, while I think in the, in the baseball broadcaster world, uh, spring training games are, are kind of, you know, it's a love hate relationship, maybe. <laughs> but when it, yeah, but when it comes to like these sorts of storylines, um, for this team this year, Tony, there's like a lot of really there's... interesting stuff that we're going to be tracking the entire time. Yeah, it's interesting because last year and even a year before, really, everything was pretty much set. Like, there was, like, yeah. one thing that you had to look for. It was, like, the back end of the rotation, maybe a spot in the bullpen. But for the most part, it was kind of boring because there, there was really nothing to watch. Everybody was, was kind of locked in. That's going to be a lot different. And that really is a perfect segue to my next question here, Jesse. The uh, the Joe Musgrove, you Darvish both had – Injury, you know, field seasons um, throughout, you know, 2023. Especially considering how young this back end of the rotation is likely to be at this point. I mean, how important do those two become if the Padres are going to have the type of success that, you know, we're hopeful that it can have? I, I think no matter what four and five look like in the rotation – you know, a lot of the success that this team is going to have this year is going to be dependent upon you and Joe. Yeah. You being Darvish, not Tony. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> the first one of those in 2024. Yeah, um, say, we usually go through that at least once or twice during, during early part of the year. <laughs> uh, you know, like, that's, you know, like last year, you know, the, the Waka Lugo thing, I just keep thinking about that. And I'm not suggesting that they're going to, you know, hit gold the way they did on those two guys again this year. But, you know, a couple of guys that came in later in the offseason, Waka, well into spring training, and, and turned out to be just, like, critical contributors, yeah. you know, for the team last year. So there's a possibility something like that happens. Um, there's a possibility one of these young guys really locks in and gets going. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I, I think that if, if you or Joe struggles, it's going to be tough sledding for the team. 
Now, I don't expect either one to do so. They should both be healthy and ready to go. Uh, they both have all the talent in the world, so that's why I'm excited. And and I'm 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 into Michael King, man. Like, yeah. it, it's funny. I'm I'm I could very well regret saying this publicly. This is probably something I should have texted you guys off to the side. <laughs> but I'll, I'll I'll put it out there for the great Gwyn, Chris, and Scraby listeners. Um, I, I feel about Michael King right now the way I felt about Joe Musgrove when he first got to the Padres, mm-hmm. like a guy who's like ready to make that next step. You know, like you've kind of seen it building. You look at the numbers. You sort of track the ups and downs of the career, the injury, the frustration, the this, the that. And now it's like it kind of feels like at the end of last year, it all started to come together for him. That was very much the case with Joe at the end of 2020. Um, He was like really hitting his stride. And you go back and you look at those games and you're like, oh, yeah, this is a guy who's about to go nuts. And he literally two starts into his Padre career. He throws the no hitter. And I'm not saying the King's going to do that, but I, I have that similar feel about King that kind of like Joe Musgrove in 2021, he's a guy that's ready to take a very big next step. And if that happens, again, the calculus changes in a very good way. Yeah, and uh, Michael King uh, told us uh, that he's he loves these other guys that are coming with him from the Yankees too. So hopefully the Padres have a lot more depth in the rotation than they think. Uh, Jesse, you're a few weeks away or a month away from Korea. Did you ever expect your broadcast career would take you there? For a few days, a week, I guess you guys are going to be there, huh? No, I, I didn't. I did not ever anticipate that, but I'm really excited. You know, during COVID, when they were putting those KBO games on TV uh, on ESPN, I, I like really started watching the league because obviously I'm like a baseball lunatic and I wanted to see baseball, and that was pretty much the baseball that was available. And um, you know, I started following this team. Uh, KT Wiz that had never won anything before because I know how to pick them and like they had a really good year and like, the story of my life is a you had a favorite fan, team know. in the KBO yeah I, and uh, Bob Scanlon had hats made you know for for us uh, with the with their logo on it like their hats and um, you know wow. and they ended up winning the title two years ago for the first time they were really good again last year now the Padres won't be playing them that's not one of the exhibition games but anyway so the point being that like I kind of got into Korean baseball a little bit started following it a little more closely. I, I know the team names, like they're all familiar to me now. And and I've said this to you guys before, but like one of the things that I'm really excited about baseball right now is that while it's nowhere close to what soccer is in terms of an international sport, like it is more and more going that way where like you yeah. can pull legitimate big league talent from Japan and Korea in addition, of course, to Latin America and the Caribbean. And it's like, it just makes the sport to me feel more whole. You know, I mean, it's like, it's a bigger thing. And, you know, I, I, I don't know, could you ever envision a, a, you know, a world in which there's like a more formal transfer market, you know, as opposed to maybe just, uh, yeah. you know, like these posting fees that the teams get. I just think it's neat, you know, that, that those leagues, the level of play have gone up the way they have, particularly in Korea, Japan, you know, where now guys like Merrill Kelly was a great example, the Diamondbacks coming from Korea, um, like, you know, really being able to come to MLB, come back to MLB in some cases, like Nick Martinez, and have some great success after really kind of locking in over there. I, I just think it's wonderful for the sport. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It, it. I think baseball aspires to get to a transfer market where it's just that simple and it's easy yeah. to, to get these guys. Jesse, as always, man, appreciate you coming on. We don't do it often, uh, and I, that's on purpose. I don't want to. I don't want to wear you out coming up out here all the time. I want to hear how you're going to pronounce uh, or how you're going to handle uh, the new Korean right-hander in the ninth inning with the game on the line. 
Go into go the windup. Here we go. Go time. Yeah. Go time. Go yeah, time. You, you've Come got. On. You've got. You've thought it through. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, well, look. The the reality is, spring training is for kind of workshopping those things. You know, you okay. go into the season thinking this is the way I'm going to handle it, and then you stay it once, and you kind of look over at Tony and you go, Nah, that wasn't it. So we'll <laughs> we'll mess around and uh, and then see what we come up with. Jesse, appreciate your time, man. Thanks for coming. Thanks, on. Jesse. Good talking to you. Always my pleasure, guys. Jesse Agler, voice of the Padres, play-by-play on the radio, my partner. We got to get to break. When we come back, a daily gambit awaits. Morgan and Chris on the way. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.